Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jacob Keene and Peter Lynch. Yes, that Peter Lynch. It's it's our guy. It is. Yeah. All right. Uh, for those of you who uh, would like to reach out to us, we always love to hear questions from you. Uh, you can reach us on our question hotline at 1-855-429-9166. Uh, the way it works, you call in, you leave us a message, including your question. Uh, we play the question back on the air and follow it up with our answer. Uh, if you prefer to speak to a human being, you can call 770-429-9166. Uh, you will get routed to our uh, radio show producer who will take your notes and uh, pass them on to us. Uh, the other way, probably the most common, is our email, which is drgene at hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, if you want to answer some of your own questions, we provide plenty of content on our website, which is Hensler.com, again, spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. So, uh, guys, I uh, wanted to talk about investing this week. Uh, we do have a, a, a situation we want to talk about. Tom and Susie uh, say they've been with their advisor for about three years. It's asset management only, so they don't have financial planning. Sorry, Peter. We'll work on it. Yeah, all right. Uh, they only started investing in 2011 when they got married. Uh, they're up to uh, they're up about 120 percent and uh, have averaged about 13 uh, percent growth per year. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not too tough to do since 2009 at least. And they said 2011, so that surely makes sense. Uh, recently, their advisor is talking to them about their expectations going forward. Uh, as they're now looking for a, here you go, Peter, financial plan. There we go. Yeah, see there, you didn't have to open your mouth at all, except <laughs> we'll work on it. And there they are. Uh, so Tom fully expects to uh, average 10% a year over uh, the long term. Uh, but Susie is more cautious, and she uh, lost a lot in, in uh, her 401k in 2007 and 8, as did many others, um, when the market was down 52%. That hurts. Um she also lost her job during the Great Recession and was one of the many who went back to school to make herself more attractive to employers. Um, Susie agrees with their advisor to be diversified and potentially defensive going forward, while Tom is more aggressive and uh, wants to stick with mid-caps and international stocks. So, um, I, you know, I think this is a great debate. It's a, it's an awesome time to have it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Diversification is always going to be the key. That's how you're going to control your risk. Right. And and they have been in the market such a short time that they have seen some exceptional returns. And yep. I even mentioned to clients that, you know, we can't get used to these exceptional returns that we've had for the last sure. nine years. Yeah, I think uh, probably the lowest um, volatility we ever saw was 2017 for a full year span. Uh, um, yeah. You know, I talk about it a lot on the show. Uh, we lost and as as a drawdown period in 2017, negative 2.88% lasted for five or six days. And guess what? We bounced right back from it. And uh, it yeah, ran strong. We, the market was up 21.7%. Yeah, I want to say the sharp ratio was like over four. Yeah, it was it unbelievable. Was I mean, just, and, and the sharp ratio uh, is basically your return divided by the standard deviation or yeah. volatility. Yeah, measure. it's a way so, to measure like risk adjusted return. So exactly, yeah. A one. 
you know, between like 07 and 1 would be, you know, a typical environment. If right. you're getting into four times that, then it was a pretty darn good year. Right. Yeah. You talk about it as return per unit of risk, usually, when you're talking about a risk adjusted return. Yeah. Right? So there's a lot to talk about here. I mean, as in the context of financial planning and, you know, building a portfolio, asset allocation, and all of that. So it looks like we've got two different. The risk risk buckets here, right? Yeah, so no, if yeah. we're talking yeah. about how you kind of start to begin to figure out how you put together these risk bu- buckets, well, let's start out by looking at asset classes, just a few, you know, simple asset classes. Sure. So if you're talking small cap stocks from 1926 to my dad only goes through 2010, unfortunately, it'd probably be higher if we ran it through today, but you did 12.1%. Annualized, and that's with a standard deviation of 32.6%. So if you're a cowboy, you like to ride out the risk, you know, whatever, let's gamble (laughs) in a sense, then uh, that's probably the spot for you. Large large stocks, you did 9.9%, so almost 10. Your standard deviation was 20.4%, so a good bit lower than small caps. And then if you're in bonds, let's say government bonds, you did 5.5%, and your standard deviation was half that of stocks. So if you start talking about, you know, a more conservative investor, you know, you're going to be more towards large cap stocks. There's even options that are uh, even lower risk than your your typical large cap stock basket, like dividend payers, these sorts of things that are more bond-like. Right. Right. And then you get into the much smaller stocks. And and one of the keys, um, Detroit, when you go about this is diversifying across those asset classes because they don't all move together at the same time right. and diversifying within the asset class so you don't just buy one big stock. You uh, never, yeah, right. You, it, buy, you wind up with what they call 20, specific company risk. Yeah, right? you buy 20 or 30 of them and get rid of all that specific company risk. Right, yeah. And another point to bring up um, when you just mentioned it, Jacob, is trying to time the market. It's virtually impossible to do. Right. right. So we want to figure out what their overall risk is and then back into it from there. And we have strategies that, uh, you know, that we can help anybody with. Right. So if I wasn't going to time the market, I would say, you know, I, would, I it's, it's actually not unreasonable for Tom to say, um, you know, I the market's been up 10 percent per year for a long, long time. If you measure it over a long period, that's what I expect. Uh, Susie, on the other hand, might be a little more in tune with the business cycle and where are we in the business cycle obviously we talked about it a few weeks ago uh september 20th was our all-time market high uh and and uh the return that we had seen uh at that point did give us an indication of maybe you know 10 and a half percent per year over a long period of time the problem is no single year has ever returned us 10 and a half percent it's always bigger or lower and it's seldom even remotely close. So, you know, if you talk about statistics, you got to be real careful about what your what your expectations are. Um, and some of these cycles can last longer or be shorter absolutely. than what the typical time frame is. Absolutely. And the one that we're in right now, we've seen a huge recovery from recession uh, started officially, I guess, if you want to see it relative to the to the uh, S&P 500, so the financial markets. You'd have to say... Um, it's been going since March of 2009. And exceptionally um, long. Exceptionally long, yeah. yeah. So um, you have various pieces of the business cycle. Peter, and, you want to go through those? Yeah, and I understand both sides, uh, where they're coming from. 
Sure. You want the growth long term. Yeah. Um, but you also are cautious because of where the market is. Yeah. You know, we are at an all time high. Right. And there are ways to, you know, to back into that, create that plan. Um, so, you know, we've got strategies here. Uh, we talk about our 10 year rule. Yep, absolutely. Keeping 10 years worth of your spending needs or your liquidity needs in fixed income, and the rest should be in high-quality stocks. Okay, so uh, there, there is a lot of reason behind both of those, right? Yes. Number absolutely. one, as we've been talking, uh, limited risk on a high-quality bond portfolio. Um, you want to make sure that when you're when you have ran your financial plan, which is a pretty important piece of that as well, you got to know what's needed in the next 10 years, if anything, from your asset portfolio. It really is, and you really can't do that without a plan. You right. need to sit down and talk to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. that's and that's kind of the interplay there with expected returns. Expected returns come into play with the plan, and the reason the 10-year rule is there is because. We talked about variability in returns. We talked sure. about how this has been a great environment. We talked about a, a little bit about economic cycles, how you know you, you move from recovery to expansion, late expansion, slow down, recession. That's typical, right? But we've yep. seen times where you got two recessions in two years. Anything can happen. But historically, over everything that we've you know seen throughout the U.S. investing history in right. equities, yep. over a 10-year period, you're not going to have – a, a negative return. So it's really a, a can't miss target. Right. Yeah. So you have that. And then, and then beyond that, you know, when we talk about not timing the market, there's, there's a few caveats to that, right? Sure. Troy? Absolutely. Because when you, when you set your financial plan and you set your risk targets, well, risk can be somewhat not dynamic, right? So sometimes there's more risk. Sometimes sure. there's less risk. <laughs> We're absolutely. trying to keep your risk constant. So there's two ways to do that. One is you rebalance the portfolio. So let's say you have a portfolio of international stocks, large cap stocks, small cap stocks. Let's say it's been a great year for small cap stocks. So your portfolio went from what we had defined risk at we wanted 20% small cap. It went from that to now your portfolio is 25%. Let's get it back in line and maintain that risk constant for you, for your financial plan, for what – you're comfortable with. Right. So that's yeah. one way where, uh, quote unquote, you are, in a sense, giving what the market, uh, uh, taking what the market gives you, Absolutely. timing the market, you know, yep. you're selling high, buying low. It's, it's, it's as simple as that's that. That's the goal. That's right. always And that's goal. interesting because you don't want to be overexposed to a certain asset class, but you also don't want to be underexposed. Correct. So if you came Correct. into 2007, 2008, if you didn't rebalance your portfolio that was maybe 60% stocks, now it's 40%. You were underexposed to growth for one of the longest bull markets yeah. in history. Right. Yeah, huh? there's an old investment strategy called the dogs and the Dow. And uh, basically it says that, you you know, in a new year, you look at what uh, the five or ten worst performers in the previous year, you buy those. Uh, and and uh, quite often you see outperformance of the overall index by those few that uh, had underperformed in the previous year. So it's a very similar concept to what you're talking about, Jacob, uh, where, you know, you would, if you've got a finite pool of assets, you're going to have to sell something to buy those uh, underperformers. But uh, in in a portfolio strategy sense, rebalancing works precisely that way as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, I think overarchingly, you know, you can also be, you can also be tactical from a valuation and risk uh, perspective in that, you know, around these, you know, economic turning points, 
we're not saying get out of large cap stocks and buy bonds. Or you've get got, out of stocks altogether. Yeah, you've got your yeah. plan. Let's let's let's. If it feels like a, a high growth time, sure, go out and buy your high flyers. Buy your buy buy the stuff that's you know got a lot of upside potential. You know, in a blue sky scenario. 2017, we would have called those fang stocks. I guess. Yes. Yeah. 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 Of course. Um, but those valuations are high and the higher the valuation and the more the expectations are built in to a time in the future right the more risk you have you can you can go out and buy a cereal company or a toilet paper company and you've seen 20 years of cash flows and you know what the next 20 years of cash flows are probably going to look like i don't know yeah i mean i, I I'm, I'm assuming everyone's going to keep using toilet paper yeah i, I, would, um, I would assume so unless the, a technology comes along to wipe that off the map right how well, you like uh, what i did there <laughs> i like that a lot yeah so um i i guess what i'm saying here is it if if we feel like the market in what we do, Troy, if we feel like the market is getting a little riskier than it was prior, and we're right. trying to manage around a client that, let's say, a client's moderately conservative, we feel like the market's getting riskier. We're going to find a way to make the equities in that portfolio a little less risky by saying maybe we'll rotate from growth to value, maybe we'll rotate from a sector that's like tech to utilities, moves like that, and and a lot of there's an interplay between the economic environment and the valuation. And uh, I, I even recently did a study, if you look at valuation and expected returns, right? right? So you'll find yourself in environments where, you know, the expected return can get as high as 14, 15% because the market PEs single digits. You know, you yeah. got seven, Talking eight about times earnings. Bottom of the market, 2008, early 2009 kind of valuations. Right, right. And then you can have, you know, P.E. ratios and price-to-sales ratios that are elevated. Yeah, like 37 times earnings <laughs> in, uh, in yeah. early 2000. And your expected returns are going to be lower. But if, if I came to you today and I said, well, maybe we're in an environment now where you might get 4, 5, 6, 7% expected return over the next 10 years, right? Right. Well, if you're one of our clients, you've got that 10-year money if you need it in bonds. But if you don't need it, what are you going to do in bonds right now? A 10-year bonds giving you 3% and yeah. some change. Treasuries, 3.2, well, right? Why are you going to mess around with that? So it's 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 kind of how we manage around, and that's what I mean by being tactical. So there's two ways to yeah. kind of manage risk and time the market, so to speak. But as far as your asset class allocations, we want to hold those constant. constant and I'll, I'll let you and – Peter kind of talk about that. Sure. And it's a it's a good point that you bring up where, you know, we may read or we may hear from somebody, you need to buy large cap, you need to buy small cap, but you've got to now know large cap value, large cap growth, small cap value, small cap growth. Sure. Even in international, you've got subclasses yep. there that, I mean, some of these can have a pretty big divergence. Absolutely. So it's important to have, you know, the research department yeah. after you've created this plan. Right. But, <laughs> Funny but, he mentions that. We've had one of the biggest divergences ever between growth and value recently, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, but, the, but the thing is, I mean, Peter, when you talk to clients about not being, not wanting to time the market, quite often uh, their question is, is it time to sell? Well, it, really, if you're talking about equities, is it time to sell? The only time really to sell is if you need the money in the next 10 years, you would then sell it and you buy fixed income. So within the equities space, mm -hmm. the money, the long-term strategy, you know, the money that's needed in those equities is is aimed at outperforming 
inflation, so growing your wealth. Um, the money that's not needed, that money that's in the 10-year rule, the 10 years on the sidelines in fixed income, is actually just trying to uh, maintain your purchasing power so that, you know, it, you want it to perform with or beat inflation, but, you know, you're not really looking to get wealthier with that portion of your portfolio. Exactly. And, and we've had the same conversation a year ago with a client saying, is the market too high? We don't know that necessarily. If I would have said, yes, the market's too high, you miss out on a 20-plus percent gain for the year. Right. So are we too high now? I don't know. Yeah. So as long as we have that plan in place, like you just said, you keep that allocation where it needs to be based on your risk, right? and you follow that. And your research team, in the meantime, is doing just as Jacob said. We're watching valuations. We're watching various uh, things that would give us an indication that we might have uh, a recession. I don't believe we fixed the business cycle. Um, you know, I, we will have a recession again sure. in the future sure. at some point, and we'll manage equities through it. Exactly. Right. So stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll uh, be back in just a minute with uh, follow up on this. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.